The official pod is presented by WinBet. Betting is a team sport. Bet together at WinBet. Eric Allen here at One Jets Drive on the second floor, joined by Jets defensive coordinator Jeff Albrick. Brick, how has everything been this offseason? It's been a crazy one. It has been. Um, again, I think this organization has done a phenomenal job of of uh, really refining this roster, um, getting some key acquisitions in, in free agency, doing an excellent job in the draft. And um, and then the guys that, that we have here have been uh, high-level dedication, just them showing up as, as much as they have and, and with the correct intent and focus and, and purpose behind it. So it's, uh, it's an exciting time. Like, it, it feels like we made some strides. Um, from the defensive perspective last year, but uh, you can feel the hum of they're just kind of scratching the surface. What's the difference for you this year approaching your unit? Because last year you made a dramatic jump (laughs) as far as bottom of the league in a number of metrics, and you knew some of that was going to happen. It was just part of the process. You guys are embracing the youth process. Then in 2022... Your defense top five across the board in almost every metric. Yeah, it was, uh, you know, going through that first season, um, there was a lot of times, and I think it would be everybody's instinct when you're struggling and um, not playing as well as you'd like, that you 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 change your, your, uh, your philosophy, um, whether it be schematic, technical, whatever the case may be, and, and in an effort to, to play better football. Um, we fought that instinct. And I know that sounds counterintuitive, but um, we said we're not going to change. Um, we're going to – we believe in these these uh, these concepts, whether they be schematic or, or technical, and um, we're just going to get better at what we do as opposed to, to changing this and, and you know, trying to create a, a quick fix. Um, in doing that, that was the number one reason – I take that back. That's not the number one reason. That was a big reason we took this enormous jump because this defense, because it's not about um, smoke and mirrors and a ton of deception. It's more about we're just we're going to outplay you. Um, you may know what we're in, and we don't care. We're just going to out-execute you. And um, so you get a full year under your belt, a lot of reps, a lot of keloids, a lot of scars, a lot of successes, and – you started to, to see the fruits of that labor and then add the talent that we added, whether it be the free agency or, or the draft. And uh, the combination of that was you saw a big jump. And um, and the really cool thing about this group is, uh, you know, there would be a lot of groups out there that would definitely take a deep breath after a year like that saying, we got this. And uh, that is absolutely not the mindset of this group. They, uh, they believe collectively from CJ to – uh, DJ Reed to, to to every single guy on that defense that we're just scratching the surface. Did you expect that kind of jump? I mean, because that was spectacular. I mean, you're talking about a, a jump that is rarely seen in the NFL nowadays. Yeah, it's. Uh, I hoped, as we all would, it was um, it was interesting. You know, in, in in spring of last year, as we started to 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 collect these different pieces, sauce. DJ, um, across the board, uh, you started to see glimpses of some really cool stuff out there on the, on the grass, doing some stuff that uh, that 
in my experience in this league, maybe better than I'd ever seen. Um, but you're very cautious, you know, and, and, and obviously coming off the first year where we didn't play as well, um, you know, like there was a feeling of, you know, what is this gonna, gonna look like? You know, a big part of me believed in what we were doing, but until you do it on Sundays, you know, it's still, it's a, it's a big question mark. So um, I hoped, and I, I, I saw glimpses in last off season of, of major improvement, whether it be personnel based or, or just getting better at what we do. Um, but I don't know if I would have said we, we could have been a top five defense yeah. that quickly, right. you know? So to have done that, it's a huge testament to the, to the players that we got and the coaches that we have on this, on the what, staff. What's the next step in the process now? As you guys did take that jump and now teams are going to scout the Jets a lot differently with that personnel that you guys put on the field last year, whether that be the Sauce Gardeners of the world or DJ Reed, like you mentioned before. Carl Lawson, I think that kind of goes under the radar as far as him coming back from injury because sure. that was really the first year that you guys had Lawson out there on the field. I mean, those guys, just those three guys alone, huge difference makers. Yeah, no, I would agree. You know, and, and not to, like – the the Carl Lawson conversation is an exciting one for me because um, when you do t tear your Achilles that next year you're you're a shadow of yourself and I'm not saying he was a shadow of himself but he definitely wasn't the Carl Lawson that Carl Lawson wanted to be and I'm so excited to get him back and to see um, him finally feeling really strong and explosive and comfortable and without pain you know so he's going to take a huge jump just I think as a group. Um, like we want to be a championship defense and a championship defense. Obviously you have to play very consistent football in every phase, but you got to get the ball. Yeah. Um, those are the defenses that win games, win championships and go to the next space. That's where we need to make an enormous jump. And that's not just the guys in the back end picking the ball off. That's applying pressure. That's me um, calling the correct calls, putting guys in position to be successful. Um, it's all of that. So that's the next component. I, I'm not going to get um, – obviously, we're very cognizant of the statistics and analytics of everything that we do because they're markers that really can indicate success or, or failure or, or places that need improvement. Um, but the biggest one that I'm looking for this season is the, the turnovers, um, having the ability to really change games and win games. What's the evolution of that happening? How does that happen? Because it's not like you and your staff – haven't stressed that right. I mean th that's one of the things like you talk to guys around the building they say you know they lead off the meetings talking about takeaways yep it's uh yeah and, and we do um can we do it better yes absolutely we can do it better and and we'll continue to find ways to um to keep that at the forefront of the of the conversation but a lot of that is just getting better at what we do um when the pass rush improves and we continue to get better at that and we affect quarterbacks at a higher level um, that's when picks happen. When we create, um, you know, different coverage wrinkles, or we just get better at what we do from a coverage perspective. That's where turnovers happen. Um, you know, the, the the emphasis has always been to be a physical defense. Like we want violence to be um, one of those first words that you speak about when you talk about the Jets defense. And and there's an element of violence getting the ball off people, so it's it's a little bit all those things, but it's it's something that we we collectively, players and coaches alike, we know that that's the that's the next thing that we have to get done here, have to. We saw it with Richard Sherman in his career, mm -hmm. as far as him being a technician early on, and then 
the ball started coming to him. Yep. He started grabbing it more and more. Uh, they're not the same player, but we've seen comparisons between Sauce Gardner and Richard Shermer just because of the body type, yep. the competitive nature of the guys. Yep. Um, do you think that it's bound to happen? That's the next thing that's going to happen with Gardner. He had two interceptions last year. What was phenomenal as far as leading the league in PDs, and then he checked all those boxes. Right, he was a Pro Bowler, his first team All Pro, and then a Defensive Rookie of the Year. Yeah, um, that that's the next step for him, and it's he, he would tell you the same. Uh, I was fortunate enough to be with Richard as a rookie, and in his first and second year in the in the NFL to see him, and there are a million comparisons. Really? Uh, yeah. It, not just the obvious that they're both long ranging guys, um, good athletes, good speed, all those things. It's the mindset, it's the approach, it's the it's the the process that they're both committed to. Like there's no part of Richard Sherman as a rookie that you would have said he looks like a rookie. Like the way he was at a walkthrough, um, getting angry because the stem of the of the receiver was wrong or the alignment was incorrect or whatever his level of detail was um, that of a 10 plus year vet um, sauce has that same makeup he has this uh, unbelievable mentality and approach and it's so consistent especially for a younger guy um, every walkthrough you can hear him talking it's not just the the funny talk that that we enjoy right. that as well, you know, and he gets under people's skin, and and that's part of his game. But just the talking, as far as um, you know, alerting the routes, um, identifying the the formations, you know, gathering the pre pre snap indicators, and then verbalizing that to his teammates, um, it's just different, you know, because corners innately are quiet, yeah, typically, and they're they're on their island and um, they handle their own where he's not built that way. He's built in a way that he wants to elevate everybody's game. And um, if he sees something, he says something. And, and he's, he's, he's different in that way. Uh, so for him and Richard Sherman to be compared, there, there's a lot of comparisons in that way. Now, the movement, the athletes, they're a little different, you know? Um, but uh, yeah, like Richard Sherman, was he a great corner? Absolutely, and he got the ball at a high level, and he's one of the best to ever do it. Um, but saying that, like Cliff Averill, Michael Bennett, yep. I mean that that it's list, all tied together. Yeah, that list goes on and on as far as the D linemen that they had there at the time, and that created that um, that environment where quarterbacks were not comfortable, you know, and bad balls were thrown. And um, and then there's also an element of Aaron Rodgers here that um, that's real, and Aaron historically. Um, he puts a lot of points on the board. <laughs> yes, he does. <laughs> to put it uh, plainly, but uh, and when that happens, we'll get more opportunities because guys will have to push the ball on us a little bit more and um, try to be more aggressive. Whereas there was times last year, you know, it's just the truth of it that that people were were more conservative against us at times. Yeah, especially late in the season. Yep. Did you expect that chip from Sauce coming out? He's drafted number four overall. Like we're talking about him and Sherman. Sherman was a late round pick. You guys found him late in the draft. Yep. One of the best picks of the last 25 years. Absolutely. Did you anticipate Sauce coming in and being as hungry as he was? Um, I got that feeling for, from him. Um, I remember in the pre-draft process, obviously do the interviews, but um, we took him out to dinner. Uh, my youngest son was there, Jason, and, and I remember uh, leaving that dinner and 
and how blown away Jace was of how engaged he was and, and how many questions he asked and how intuitive he was and how like there's just a different he's he's different in that way, you know, whereas, you know, there's a lot of really good players in this league that are very um, uh, they keep everybody kind of at bay. And, yeah. and 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 sauce wasn't that at all. I felt something different about him that night. And uh, and it was so uh, it was so obvious that he had a different mindset regarding everything, even the, his interactions were different. And so to say that I would have known exactly what that would have looked like, you know, Monday through Saturday, as far as the process of getting ready for a game, I would have liked to say that I, that I knew it was going to look like that. But I think until you get your hands on a guy, you don't know. And, um, but it didn't take long for us to realize what he is all about. Like we just had Tony Oden up here and T.O. Yep. talked about that dinner is that you could tell this is a different kind of player, but yep. he was a different kind of person as well. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's, it's part of his secret sauce, you know, um, like there's, he has rare ability, rare size, rare speed, rare transitional stuff, um, rare instinct, all of that. But he has rare work ethic too, which people don't see. Jets fans, we're in our final push and the clock is ticking. WinBet is giving you a golden opportunity to win VIP prizes for the 2023 season. The WinBet Green Room is the most exclusive space at the stadium with all-inclusive food and beverage, lower-level seats, and appearances by Jets legends and celebrities. New Jersey customers, all you need to do is wager at least $100 on WinBet Sportsbook or Casino. For New York customers, all you need to do is wager at least $100 on WinBet's Sportsbook. The best part? You get an entry for every $100 you wager. Yeah. You always talk about coverage being tied to what happens up front. I think people externally said, Will McDonald in the first round, what are the Jets doing? Can you talk about, we're going to get to the Rodgers dynamic, but what you have on the edge right now. We just talked about Carl Lawson. You got John Franklin Myers. You have Will McDonald who enters the equation. You have Bryce Huff. You have, who am I forgetting here? Um, I'm forgetting one one other guy. You got Jermaine. Yeah, you got Jermaine, another first round pick. Right. And, and I know you guys like Bradley and I as well. I mean, as far as can you talk about? And that's first round picks each of the last two years yep. as far as the edge is concerned. Can you th talk about the strength, the numbers, and what potentially you can do with this group, and why Will McDonald made sense for you guys? Yeah, uh, it was uh, 2016. And I was in Atlanta, and uh, I know everybody saw the game, and it's one of my major keylords of my life, let alone my football life, was us losing that Super Bowl, you know? And everybody looks at 28-3, uh, to 3, like, how did you not win, you know? And um, we ran out of gas a little bit, you know? We, we, uh, we had some really good defensive linemen. We really did, but maybe not necessarily the depth to really finish that game and put the nails in the coffin. And... Um, great defenses they always start up front and great finishing defenses absolutely start up front and that's what we're assembling here we're assembling um, a group that the first second and third wave is going to be um, a problem for you and um, and we when we get there and I think that we're getting close uh, 
we will not only win games on defense, but we will finish games the way we want to, and we'll win championships because of that defense line. And um, and that's the reason that it is such a priority here. And it's it's a priority for all the really good teams in this league. Um, I know it's a it's an old saying, but games are won up front, and uh, I believe that, and I think the test of time believes that, and um, and and we're getting close. How good can this group of Deion's be? Because not only did you land Jermaine Johnson in the draft last year, but you commented about the progress of Michael Clemens because he came in in the fourth round as well. Oh, yeah. You come back this year and you get Will McDonald, Bryce Huff. As far as his pass rush production from a numbers perspective i mean his get off is elite yes and then we talked about lawson you think lawson's probably going to be better this year than what we saw last year and then franklin myers he's got the ability to shift inside for you guys uh and bart scott always talks about this with me you guys can have some kind of nascar package as far as pass rushing situations absolutely and What's really cool about the group is they're so um, each guy is so unique and has such a different brand of football. Um, you got our new guy Will, who is as bendy and long and um, as twitched up as it gets, and he's going to make guys miss, and he's going to burn the corner, and and he's going to do some really cool stuff. You already said Bryce has this just elite get off, and he can just he can embarrass you by just outrunning you. You got Jermaine who I really feel like he's coming into his own as far as um, really developing his pass rush. But what makes him unique is he has the speed. Um, His pass rush is getting refined, but he has different power than those other guys. And he can really um, put you on skates. John Franklin Myers is, you know, his probably his greatest value to us is his ability to play inside and outside, you know. So that's huge. And he does both at a very high level. I think Michael Clemens will be in that similar mold. Hmm. I think we'll be able to utilize him in that that way too, where he can be a devastating edge setter in the run game for a second down and uh, at times reduce inside and, and go pick on some guards. Um, and then Carl is just this, you know, he's this technician. Just he, he People talk about being obsessed with this game. Well, he demonstrates it every single day. His obsession is real and it's um, – I think we're all going to see what he's been working on this year. You know, he's, uh, I saw him yesterday and, and we sat down, had lunch, and he's so excited about just where he's at, especially physically. Cause, um, I saw some social media clips. Yeah. He, he's, it's so funny. He was training with um, Paris Johnson, the, the offensive lineman that went first or it went to seventh, sixth, I think maybe to Arizona, right? They were top ten pick. Yeah, yeah. Well, he was training with him um, in the pre-draft process, with, and if you know Carl, Carl's a little, uh, little weird in a really cool way, you know, but he's not real cognizant of all the social media. He's not real cognizant of all the the media hype. He kind of stays in his own, his own little world, and um, which is one of the things I love about him. He's not as affected by all the noise because of that. So he had no idea who this Paris Johnson was. He just thought he was, you know, maybe a mid mid round draft pick, you know, and and uh, he showed me the tape and um, Paris got a taste of the NFL before he got to the NFL. Did he? Yeah, it was uh, it was a clinic, you know, <laughs> and and to think that's, you know, he's still two three months away from our season starting and where he's at physically, especially compared to the um, 
the version of Carl that we saw last year was still kind of battling back from the injury. I'm, I'm so excited for him. And it, there's no human that deserves to have success more than him, just his work ethic and his approach and, and his mindset. And plus, he's a, he's a good teammate and he's a good man. What do you think about the third linebacker spot? C.J. Mosley, man, he's been so good for you guys. Heck yeah. uh, if people slept on him after being out of football for a little bit, I mean, he's proved his worth. Pro Bowler last season, yep. the Mike linebacker, he's the heart of your defense. Absolutely. You re-signed Quincy Williams before free agency starts, so we keep him off the market. We saw him really develop a former waiver yep. claim who's really found a home in this defense. Uh, such a violent striker. Yep. And he also is so explosive. How do you see this third linebacker position shaking out? Jamie and Sherwood right. here, and then you guys also draft Zaire Barnes. Yep. I know on day three, uh, you guys like his potential a lot, and uh, Hams and Nasrul Dean returns. Right. What do you think about the group? Yeah, I, first of all, the, the the top two guys are, in my opinion, um, they should be in the conversation as one of the top linebacker groups in the NFL. Um, CJ's awareness, his, his toughness, his consistency, his ability to, to run this defense. We put a lot on his table, and he excels in that role. Um, so just an amazing man, too, and teammate, just, just as I spoke about um, Carl. And then Quincy is just this so unique athlete. Like, he has wide receiver speed. Yeah. And it, he's got, you know, he's got defensive line explosion and violence. He has... Yeah, he's such a rare combination of all these things. And now, um, after really getting to be put on repeat and, um, and you know, rather learn a lot of stuff, we just asked him to learn a few things. And um, you're starting to see him master these few things now. And, and the player and the athlete is starting to get, um, you know, you're starting to see all his, his physical stuff now that he's starting to really get the game up top. And then this third linebacker position, I'm excited about. I know there's some angst and there's some um, outward, people are a little nervous about uh, who's gonna man that position, but I really believe we got four or five candidates on this team. Yeah. So those guys are gonna compete their butts off. And um, through that competition, someone will rise and someone will become the man. I would, you know, we have great faith in all of them too. So. Uh, you know, Jamian could be that guy, and uh, and if he is, we got a great third linebacker. Um, like you said, Zaire could be that guy. Hamza could be that guy. I wouldn't count out Chaz Surratt. Yeah. Um, and then you know the UDFAs that we we just most recently got the three of them. Like they have some really interesting um, athletic stuff to them and, and potential. So uh, there's going to be a dogfight. You know, there's there's four or five dogs and there's one bone and and we're going to get a good third linebacker because of the competition how about the safety position that's going to have a changed look this year jordan whitehead right uh back there lamarcus joiner is playing alongside but you acquire chuck clark right uh, which i thought was a great trade as far as joe douglas is concerned he sends a seventh round pick in 2024 for a guy who was not coming off the field for a very good defense despite the fact that the Ravens drafted Kyle Hamilton in the first round and signed Marcus Williams in free agency and oh by the way Chuck Clark was out there every play right um and then I think a guy who we talk about inside the building I think that maybe the world doesn't know a ton about is Tony Adams and you have yeah. other candidates back there as well but uh, what do you think about the safety position as well I, I'm I'm excited about it you know um, we're very fortunate these last two years to have 
um, LaMarcus here, and I'll be forever grateful for the time he spent with us. Um, he taught these guys what it what it looks like to be a pro, and and he and he carried himself in such a such a positive light. Um, all the guys that were around him are better men and football players because of that. So forever grateful for LaMarcus um, and the human being that he is. Um, but saying that, this group is uh, I'm very excited about the. There's this guy in Tony Adams that has uh, a skill set, a physical skill set, and a mental skill set, and really an emotional skill set that is unique. Um, he is, um, and he's hungry, like really hungry, like uncommonly hungry. So uh, to think what he could become in this defense to me is is really exciting. Um, like you said, Chuck is. Uh, um, He's a guy that's played high-level football for a long time. I think he he has the uh, he's got the record right now. Someone was telling me the other day as far as consecutive snaps played for a safety or games played or whatever the case may be. But it's um, a testament to the to the toughness that he embodies and the fact that he's been so consistent. He's he's been so available throughout his career. Um, got a, a ton of experience. Played high-level football. So so excited to have Chuck with us and then. Jordan Whitehead, like this is the guy that um, he's the spark plug back there. You know, obviously he's a hitter and he brings some real energy and he brings some some edge to our defense because of that. Um, but I think his next step, his evolution will be just like sauces and getting the ball. Um, people forget that, you know, he dropped three picks. Yeah. And had he not dropped those three picks, he would have had a tied for the league lead in interceptions. And, um, and I think that gets discounted sometimes with yeah. Jordan, and he doesn't get the credit that he deserves. Um, you know, he played really good football. We were a top five defense from a from a statistical standpoint last year, and he was an enormous part of that. Um, so to see him another year in this system, being more comfortable, being able to trigger even faster, see things even faster, anticipate even more, um, and then catch those three picks this year, and. Uh, and he's going to be the player that that we signed, player that we wanted, player that played for us last year, and uh, and I and I look forward to that, and I look forward to him silencing doubters, because he is um, he is a really good football player, and he's a huge part of what we do here. What do people don't know about Michael Carter II? Because rightfully so. Sauce and DJ Reed get a lot of credit because they're one of the top cornerback yep. tandems, if not the best cornerback tandem in the National Football League. And, you know, I think it was great for DJ just from a personal perspective, from an individual perspective, and he's the ultimate team guy. But he was able to come from the West Coast to the East Coast, and I think that now it, when people think about cornerbacks – they know DJ Reed. People in the league knew about DJ Reed, about what he was doing out there with San Francisco and Seattle. But I, I think now people elsewhere know what the story is with DJ. But what about Michael Carter the second and the important role that he plays on your defense? Even before I get to Michael, you're right about DJ. And, and um, DJ is another guy that helped change the, the culture of this defense because he strains – especially in practice, at a whole different level. You don't see that anymore from, from pros. Um, I would say that I think, I think Sauce innately is a worker and he's a strainer. But to have a guy like DJ who's done it and been there um, to demonstrate every day that approach 
to sauce, I think that took sauce to another space. It's know? like they're the perfect complement for each other. They are. Yeah, absolutely. And then Michael Carter is that third component. Like, we put a ton on this man's shoulders. He is essentially a linebacker, a safety, a corner, a Sam, and a nickel all in one. Like, we ask him to fit in a B gap and then take a slot fade of a, of a slot receiver. We ask him to, um, we just put so much on his shoulders and like, if you get him on something from a mental standpoint, like it's rare and it's far and in between. He is a guy that's constantly, he's just, he is, he is on it. And, um, we are so, we are so fortunate to have this guy. Plus he's another guy with, and I, and I know this sounds redundant, but another great human being and teammate too. And, and a guy committed to the process and, a guy that is dedicated to this team, this organization, to this defense, at the highest level you could ask for. Um, yeah, he he does an amazing job, and and he's got a really hard job because not only do we ask him to do a lot schematically, um, but when we ask him to play man to man, it's hard because he's on the slot, which is typically the hardest, one of the hardest places to cover because the guy can go everywhere. He can go inside, outside. So he much can, traffic there too. There is. There's traffic and there's. Um, the, the the route tree is so much bigger for a slot receiver as as opposed to a guy on the outside lane, you know. Um, so he's got to he's got to cover more routes, but on top of that, you already said it. Like we have one of the best corner tandems in the NFL in the world, for that matter, and that makes it harder on him because now all of a sudden he becomes a lot of times a target because when they look at it sometimes, they look at Sauce and they look at DJ. And when Sauce and DJ are really rolling, I'm not throwing out there, right. you know? And not to say they'll pick on MC, but it, with with Michael Carter, like like I said, that's just a bigger route tree. There's more options. There's there's more things available for the quarterback and the slot receiver. So, so then all of a sudden his targets last year went way up. And, um, and that's hard living and he does it at a high level, so. Um, he's a huge part of our success. Quinn Williams, stud, one of the best defensive players, one of the best players in the National Football League. What about the changing landscape at the defensive tackle position? Because Sheldon Rankins did some nice things for you guys yeah. here as you built it. Obviously, he signs a nice deal with the Houston Texans. The king of strain, as Robert oh. Sala liked to call him. Uh, Nathan Shepard, he, right. he departs in free agency down to New Orleans. Uh, what can you tell me about what the middle's going to look like next to Quinn and now, and, and most recently, of course, Al Woods signs here? Yeah. It, first of all, again, I'd like to give like forever grateful for my time with both those guys. Sheldon Rankins and, and Nathan Shepard are just amazing human beings, teammates. And like you said, they played at a high level for us, and they're a huge part of our success um, last year. But there has been a transition, and um, and the guys that we brought in, I'm, I'm I'm excited about too. Like Quentin Jefferson is a guy that, just from afar, I've always been a huge fan of his style. He is uh, he is a king of strain. He is a guy that just it is he's all gas no break. He personifies that and demonstrates that every day, all day. It's just who he is. It's it's how he operates. Um, so to get him just getting more juice and energy and, and guys that love this game and are willing to play it at the highest level and, and strain like he does consistently. And then Al Woods brings us um, this big man 
this tough man in the middle that you're not going to move. Um, what I'm most excited about Al, and this I'm more excited for him than even for us, I think the NFL has always kind of looked at him as he's this world-class 3-4 nose, world-class. And, and it's hard to argue against that when you watch the tape you know, he'll get head up on a, on a center and I don't care if you double him or not, like you're not moving him. And, and more times than not, he's moving you. Um, but in this front, as, as we know, like we get to go, we get to put things on our terms. We attack, we don't read, we don't catch blocks. It's just not how we operate. So it's not very often that you get a guy that's played as much football as him. I don't know what year this is, is 15th or whatever it is where he gets to really redefine who he is. Um, Here's a guy that the league perceives as like a the zero three four nose. I think the league is start. They're going to see a guy that he can attack, and he's more athletic than people give him credit for, and he's faster and he's more explosive than people give him credit for. So for him to be a part of um, that is going to be really exciting for me. And and then Quinton is just you know he I've spoke on this a million times over. He is an absolute game wrecker. He's he's the rare defensive lineman that is. He'll wreck you in the in the run game, and he'll wreck you when you want to drop back and pass the ball. Like typically, guys have superpowers one area or the other, and they have a kryptonite in the other. Area. He doesn't. Like he checks all the boxes. Uh, in my opinion, there is no like there are parts of his game that he can prove, as always for everybody. But um, as far as his complete skill set, it's 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 unmatched. I, I gotta really imagine. Is. When you're talking to these guys, when you're talking to a Quentin Jefferson, who, oh, by the way, had a career high in sacks last year with Seattle, when you're talking to an Al Woods, not only are they like, hey, I like this system, I like this culture, and you guys are right there as far as becoming a consistent winner, but I also have an opportunity to play next to a world-class player in Quentin Williams. Yep. That's got to be a draw. Absolutely. I think all those things are a draw for these guys. I think that um, guys like Al Woods and Quentin Jefferson, you know, not only good football players, but they really appreciate the culture component of a building and um, and a system. And they're both so excited about that part of it as well. And then on top of that, an opportunity to play next to a, a Quentin Williams is, you know, like it's going to be rare that you get the, the, the slide, that you get the double, you know? Right. Quinnen's going to he's going to get that more times than not. So there's there's a part of it where you're you're going to have more potentially opportunities than other guys would. And I think the big draw for a lot of these guys is this 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 thought that, you know, the New York Jets, the truth is haven't been the team that we'd all like to to be, you know, from a fan perspective. I know that for sure that there's been a lot of disappointment, there's been a lot of failure, there's been a lot of falling short. And then to be a part of turning this thing around and riding this ship and creating something special where there wasn't something special. I think there's a major draw to that, especially for older guys that are really trying to cement their legacy in this game. To be part of a turn turnaround like that, it's special and it can really define your career. I've always enjoyed talking to you, but uh, one more topic. Let's end here. Speaking about older guys and defining their legacy, how about Aaron Rodgers being out there on the field? Uh, can you talk about the change dynamic for you guys on the practice field going against him every day and how that can make you all better? And also, what do you sense from him? 
Yeah, I, I, I know him through other people prior to him getting here, but I didn't know him, and I didn't know him, obviously, from a teammate or from a coach-to-player perspective in the same building. So I didn't really know what to, to expect. As we've all seen, um, superstars, a lot of times, they're recluse. They're... Um, you know they peak, they keep everybody at arm's length and and they're not inclusive and this guy is the exact opposite of that it is blowing my mind um not only does he know every teammate already he knows every trainer he knows all the equipment guys he knows the pr guys he knows the hr guys he knows the the chefs in the in the kitchen um his level investment in this this organization already is is at a higher level, especially from a guy of that stature and status and, and all that he's done in this league is just it's so unique. And um, and then, you know, like I, I really believe not only is he going to help us win now and help us do something special today, but he's going to change the course of a lot of these young guys careers because they get to see this game and the process of getting ready to play this game at a high level, they get to see it demonstrated at a higher level than I've ever seen. And um, it's one thing for me to sit there and tell a guy, this is what you should be doing, this should be eating, recovering, studying, taking notes, all those things. But for a guy in his 18th year with multiple MVPs and, and a Super Bowl MVP to operate at the highest level every day, there's nothing more powerful than that. You know, so he's going to be a huge reason why um, maybe a guy like Sauce puts that yellow jacket on. You know, why a guy like Quinn, Quinn Williams puts that yellow jacket on because um, they thought they were working until they saw this guy work and they realized there's a different place I can go to. Why is he such a pain in the ass for a defensive coordinator? Oh, to prepare for. He he's just not not only the brain, like he's going to undress you, and he's going to typically, um, he's going to eat the entire shot clock to to figure out what you're playing, um, and then because he knows this game at such a high level, like he knows where to put the ball versus every coverage. So that's the mental part of things, which is different. And then there's this physical piece where it's like I'm out here watching him just doing drills, and you know people always talk about. The platform has to be correct. The footwork has to be perfect. You know, the, the, the arm motion has to be this, that, or whatever. And he defies it all. Get Like we talk about getting him off the spot from a D-line's perspective and, and affecting quarterbacks in that way. That way. I, I watch him do these drills. It doesn't matter. Get him off the spot, put him on the spot, give him a good platform, not a good platform. He's still throwing dimes, you know. And, and so he's uh, he's a unique Mental mental obstacle from a defensive coordinator's perspective, but he's also a physical mismatch that it's just, you know, he's he's probably one of the best, if not the best, pure thrower this game has ever seen. Yeah, and now he's on your team. Not 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 mad about that. Um, all right, we're gonna have to catch up again in training camp. Make sure uh, you get your time away at the end of this, as far as mandatory mini camp because before you know it it's all starting because you guys are one of the first two teams who are starting training camps this year because yep. you will be in the hall of fame game. yep thanks break thank you